scene. <laughs> Morning room at the manor house. Gwendolyn and Cecily are at the window looking out into the garden. You almost did the Obama accent. Oh, uh, right. Mortimer? The morning room? <laughs> the fact they didn't follow us into the house as anyone else would seems to me to show that they have some sense of shame. Unlike me. They have eaten. They have been eating muffins. That looks like repentance. Muffins! <laughs> I'm just pull that. I'm just going to strip that joke down. Muffins! Muffins! Gwendolyn, after a pause. And they don't seem to notice us at all. Couldn't you cough or something? But I haven't got a call. Well, you're going to fucking get one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're looking at us. What infantry? They're approaching. That's very forward of them. They're forward. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. I don't know. The way I'm voicing oh. it? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty no. weird. Let's preserve a dignified silence. Certainly. It's the only thing to do now. Enter Jack, followed by Algernon. They whistle some uh, <laughs> dreadfully popular air from an, a British opera. <laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this dignified silence seems to produce an unpleasant effect. A most distasteful one. But we won't be the first ones to speak. Certainly not. Mr. Worthing, I have something very particular to ask you, you stupid idiot. <laughs> Much depends on your dumb reply. <laughs> Gwendolyn, your common sense is invaluable. Mr. Moncrief, kindly answer me the following question. Why did you pretend to be my guardian's brother? Thank you, Cecily. I am close to God. <laughs> I was going to say son of God, but it's like, no, that don't work. In order that I might have an opportunity of meeting you. Cecily to Gwendolyn. Oh, it just feels <laughs> so bad. I don't that like it. That certainly seems a satisfactory explanation, does it not? Mm, yes. If you can believe him. I don't. But that's not affect this the wonderful beauty of his answer. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that I line. I love that line. True, if matters of grave importance, it's style, not sincerity. That's the vital thing. Mr. Worthing, what explanations can you offer to me for pretending to have a brother? What is it? Shit, I'm thinking about the sincerity versus the other one. That part of the line's good. What is it in order that you might have an opportunity of coming up to town to see me as often as possible? Can you doubt it, Miss Fairfax? <laughs> Can you feel it in the back? <laughs> Can you feel it in the back, Jerry? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? Can Stouts feel it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> <laughs> I have the gravest doubts upon the subject, but I intend to crush them like I crush my morning workouts on Peloton. Not oh. sponsored by Peloton. <laughs> um, this is not the moment for German skepticism. Because the, the Germans are gross. But they're not gross. We love the Germans. We do. Uh, their explanations appear to be quite satisfactory, especially of Mr. Worthing's Especially Mr. Worthings. That seems to me to have the stamp of truth upon it. I'm more than content with what Mr. Moncrief said. His voice alone inspires one with absolute credulity. I wish you would just whisper. Absolute credulity. <laughs> just to really freak people out. Absolute credulity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my good God. Do you think we should forgive them? Yes. I mean, no. Fucking make up your mind. True, I had forgotten that there are principles at stake that one cannot surrender, which, of course, which of us should tell them? The task is unpleasant one. Isn't a pleasant one. Fuck it. <laughs> Can we both not speak at the same time? Yes. <laughs> I'm but a frail woman. I can't think. So that's basically how her character is. That's, that's how I'm voicing her character. An excellent idea. I nearly always speak at the same time as other people, which is why most people love me. Will you, do, will you take the time for me? Certainly. 
Gwendolyn beats time with uplifted finger. Gwendolyn and Cecily speaking together. Your, Your Christian, Christian names are on stone and barrier. barrier. That, that is, is all. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I said that is. You're good. You just chipped a little bit. We were, we, that, was, that wasn't bad, though. Yeah, no. Jack and Algernon speaking together. Our Christian names. Our Christian names? Is that all? But we Christian this afternoon. This afternoon. <laughs> Gwendolyn to Jess. <laughs> for my sake, you for my sake, you are preparing to do this terrible thing. I am? Oh, that's Cecily stupid. Why would you... It's so stupid, but it's so sweet. <laughs> You're such an idiot, but I love you. <laughs> Sorry, this is me. I had a brain fart. So please, me, are you ready to face this fearful ordeal? Oh my goodness, are you willing to get a little wet and change your name? (laughs) Treating this like you're going off the war. Fucking baptized. Fucking, yeah. Treating this like you're about to set yourself on fire to go save a kitten in a tree. (laughs) Algernon? No. Yes. Jack? No, we already did Jack. We're going to Algernon now because I've... Uh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, he was just... He was thinking about it hard because he got, he got excited yeah, about it. He was just like... <laughs> He's thinking about how hard he is because he got excited by it. Is that what you said? <laughs> that's kind of what... That's what I said. That's not what I intended to say, but I love it. Okay, <laughs> well, there it. you go, bud. <laughs> how absurd to talk of the equality of the sexes. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Where questions of self-sacrifice are concerned, men are infinitely beyond us. Jack. We are... Clasps hands with the hook. <laughs> oh. oh god! Just a one, a two dude sausage party going on there. All right, <laughs> they have. Uh, <clears throat> they have moments of physical courage, of which women know absolutely nothing. Which we women. <laughs> you enough. made women in general. Well, <laughs> uh, that's that's basically what she was saying. Okay. <laughs> Break that glass, Eli. Gwendolyn to Jack. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Algernon to Cecily. Darling. They fall into each other's arms. <laughs> enter Merriman. Oh, when God. He, here comes Merriman. When Merriman's. he enters, he coughs loudly, seeing the situation. Merriman. <laughs> 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 the most aggressive. Lady Pracknell. Jack. Good heavens. <laughs> enter Lady Pracknell. Oh, my goodness. Couples afraid of alarm. <laughs> Exit Merriman. Oh, <clears throat> uh, Gwendolyn. What does this mean? <laughs> It's the president. <laughs> oh shit! Hey. Oh shit! <laughs> Obama. <laughs> Merely, <laughs> Merely that I am engaged to be married to Mr. Worthing, Mama. Uh, come here. Sit down. Sit down immediately. Sit the fuck down. Hesitation of any kind is a sign of mental decay in the young. Of physical weakness in the old. Turns to Jack. A prize, uh, sir. fucking lack of science. Okay, this is a long thing. Please don't interrupt me. There's a no. lot. <laughs> a prize, sir, of my daughter's sudden flight by her trusty maid, whose confidence I purchased by means of a small coin. I followed her at once by a luggage train. Her unhappy father is, I'm glad to say, under the impression that oh, she is attending a more than usually lengthy lecture by the university extension scheme. On the influence of a permanent income on thought, I do not propose to undeceive him. Indeed, I have never undeceived him on any question. I would consider it wrong. But, of course, you will clearly understand that all communication between yourself and my daughter must cease immediately from this moment. On this point, as indeed on all points, I am firm. 
Uh, Lucas got mad at me uh, because he decided to take the one character that pauses about every 30 seconds to... Uh... Okay. Yeah. Don't you fucking hurl your shade I at got, me, Chief. his vocal cadence. I'm not mad at him, but you picked that. Please I am engaged to be married to Gwendolyn. Lady Bracknell. You are nothing of the kind, sir. And now, as regards, Algernon. Algernon? Yes, not Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> I kiss it every time. <clears throat> it's just some creepy dude in the corner. <laughs> fucking furling his hands. <laughs> furling his hands, but he's covered in crumbs from muffins and shit. Oh, God. Uh, um, first of all, you look hideous. No, <laughs> first of all, you look uh, fucking banging. Uh, may I ask if it is in this house? That's really good fun. Mr. Bunbury resigned. <laughs> Bunbury? Oh, no. Bunbury doesn't live here. Bunbury's somewhere else at the present. In fact, Bunbury's dead. Sounds like a fucking serial killer. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm going with this. Dead? <laughs> when did Mr. Bunbury die? His death must have been extremely sudden. Oh, I killed Bunbury this... I mean, I... Poor Bunbury died this afternoon. <laughs> what did he die of? Oh, Bunbury? <laughs> he quite exploded. Exploded? Was he the victim of revolutionary outrage? I was not aware that Mr. Bunbury was interested in social legislation. If so, he is well punished for his morbidity. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did he die of one of my drones? Yeah, that I uh, decided to uh, shoot a farmhouse because I felt like it. Um, my dear Aunt Augusta, I mean, he was found out. The, uh, mm, the doctors found out that Bunbury could not live. This is what I mean. I mean, <laughs> so Bunbury died. <laughs> <laughs> that whole fucking explanation. Can keep it together, Chief. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, he seems to have had great confidence in the opinion of his, of his physicians. I am glad, however, that he made up his mind at the last to some definite course of action and acted under proper proper medical advice. Uh, and now that we have finally got rid of this, Mr. Bunbury, may I ask, Mr. Worthing, who is that young person whose hand my nephew Algernon is now holding? And what seems to me. A peculiarly unnecessary manner. Okay. That lady is Miss Cecily Cardew, my ward. My <laughs> lady ward. Lady Bracknell falls coldly to Cecily. God. <clears throat> I am engaged to be married to Cecily, Aunt Augusta. Uh, I beg your pardon? You heard what I fucking said. <laughs> Mr. Moncrief and I are engaged to be married, Lady Bracknell. <clears throat> okay. Mm. <laughs> Lady that with a shiver, crossing the sofa and sitting down. My goodness, I'm getting the vapors. Well, I never. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never. Woo. Just falls over. <laughs> just, I just imagine like Barack Obama in like period garb, just like I think I'm gonna, I'm becoming faint. Oh, it falls over. Oh, oh. Uh, I do not know whether there is anything particularly exciting in the air of this particular part of Herefordshire. But the number of engagements that go on seems to me considerably above the proper average that sticks I've laid down for our guns. I am. I think so. <laughs> Pause for a minute. I think some preliminary inquiry on my part would not be out of place, Mr. Worthing. A Miss Cardew at all? Is Miss Cardew at all connected with any of the larger railway stations in London? I merely desire information. Until yesterday, I had no idea that there were any families or persons who, whose origin. Was a terminus. Uh, yep. Jack looks perfectly furious, but restrains himself. <clears throat> Jack in a cold, clear, cold voice. Miss Cardew, 
is the granddaughter of the late Mr. Thomas Cardew of 149 Belgrave Square, Southwest, Graves Park, Dorking, Survey, and the Sporman Fifeshire, NB. Oh, that sounds not satis- unsatisfactory. These addresses always inspire confidence, even in tradesmen. But what proof do, you, do I have of their unauthenticity? <coughs> I have carefully preserved the count gates of the period. They are open to your inspection, Lady Bracknell. Lady Bracknell grimly. I have known strange errors in that publication. Miss Carter's family solic- solicitors are Messrs. Markley, Markley, and Markley. <coughs> Markley, Mark, uh, Markley, Markley, and Markley, all firm of the very highest position in their profession. Indeed, I am told that one of the Mr. Markleys is occasionally to be seen at dinner parties. So far, I'm satisfied. <laughs> very irritably. Her fucking just qualifications of like, uh, oh my god. Yeah, it's. Mm, uh, I love it. How extremely kind of you, Lady Bracknell. I have also in my possession. <coughs> uh, sorry. I have also in my possession, you will be pleased to hear, a certificate of Miss Cardi's birth, baptism, whooping cough, registration, vaccination, confirmation, and the measles. Both the German and the English variety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, a life well, a life crowded with an incident, I see. Though perhaps somewhat too exciting for a young girl. I myself am not a favor of premature experiences. Rises looks at her watch. Gwendolyn, the time approaches for our departure. We have not a moment to lose. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Mr. Worthing, I'd better ask you if Miss Cardew has any little fortune. Oh, about 130,000 pounds in the funds. That is all. Goodbye, Lady Bracknell. So pleased to have seen you. Lady Bracknell sitting down again. A moment, Mr. Worthing. A moment. Uh, 130,000 pounds in the funds. Miss Carter seems to me a most attractive lady. (laughs) Now that I look at her, for few girls of the present, have many really solid qualities. Any of the qualities in that list and improve with time. We live, I forget to say, in an age of sacrifices. To Cecily. Come over here, dear. Cecily goes across. Pretty child, your dress is sadly simple. And your, and your hair seems almost as nature might have left it. <laughs> but uh, we can soon alter all that. Uh, thoroughly experienced French maid produces a really marvelous result in a very brief space of time. I remember recommending one to young lady Lansing. And uh, after three minutes, <laughs> sorry, three minutes. And after three months, her husband did not know her. What I love about this is the way that I imagine he talks to people when he's trying to, like, when his daughters are going out on dates, like, uh, Hi, my name is, uh, George, and I'm here to pick up, um... Uh, sit down, son. Uh, sit down. My name's Barack. My name's Barack. You might know me. And this is my super service agent, uh, Thomas and William, and they will fuck you up. (laughs) Uh, Jack aside. And after six months, nobody knew her. Lady Bracknell glares at Jack for a few moments, then... Then, uh, bends with a practical smile to Cecily. Uh, kindly turn around, sweet child. Cecily turns <laughs> completely turn. around. Stick on your arm and let me see your gums. <laughs> God. No, the side view. You put up my accent. Damn it, Jake. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Mm. Uh, no. The side view is what I want. Cecily presents her profile. Yes, quite as I expected. These are distinct social po- possibilities in your profile. The two weak points in your age are it's not what a principal and it's want of profile. <clears throat> uh, the chin is a little higher, dear. Style largely depends on the way the chin is worn. They're worn very high, just at present. Algernon? Yes, I'm to 
there are very distinct social possibilities in Miss Cardi's profile. Oh, Cecily, <laughs> the sweetest, dearest, prettiest girl in the whole world, and I don't care two pence in social, pos- uh, social possibilities. Oh, uh, never speak disrespectfully of society. Algonon. I will fucking do what I want. <laughs> Only people who can't get into it do that. <laughs> can't get into it do that. <laughs> Dear child, of course, you know that Algonon has nothing but his debts to be depend upon. But I do not approve of mercenary marriages. When I married Lord Bracknell, I had no fortune of any kind. But I never dreamed of a moment of allowing them to stand in my way. Well, I suppose I must give my consent. Were you good there? <laughs> I, was, I was giving it a pause. Okay. Not on purpose, but it's what yes. I... Yes. Well, thank you, Aunt Augusta. <laughs> Cecily, you may kiss me. <laughs> Cecily kisses her. Thank you, Lady Bracknell. Well, this is getting weird, man. This is getting <laughs> real weird. You may also address me as Aunt Augusta for the future. It would just be really strange if, like, I know you Thank you, you read- Aunt Augusta. I was going to say, I know you've read this, and there's no surprise in this story for you at this point in time, but for me... A deep down part of me was going to be like knowing how Oscar Wilde's life went that he was going to sneak in like a like a secret sort of like moment where he's like kiss me kisses her no kiss me like you mean it <laughs> oh Jesus that doesn't what happen. the fuck no that doesn't happen oh good I would hopes not I perhaps hopes not but marriage I think had better take place quite soon oh yes thank you Aunt Augusta thank you Aunt Augusta oh God to speak quite frankly. I'm not in favor of long entanglement. I almost said entanglements. That's pretty much it. That's what he's going for here. Well, you know, I almost, I feel like I almost said it because of the media recently, because of that whole Will Smith thing with his wife. Oh, I didn't know about that. Uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into it on here, cause, but yeah, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> to speak quite frankly, I'm not in favor of long engagements. They give people the opportunity of finding out each other's character before marriage, which I think is never advisable. <laughs> okay. I beg your pardon for interrupting me, Lady Blacknell, but this engagement is quite out of the question. I am Miss Cardio's guardian, and I, she cannot marry without my consent until she comes of age. <laughs> that consent I absolutely oh decide to give. I don't know what that means. She's not 18 yet. I mean, I know that part, but I don't know where that places her then. Like 17 or something like Probably, that? Probably, yeah. Oh, God. It's Victorian England's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, upon what grounds? May I ask? Algernon is, is an extremely, I may almost say so, and ostentatiously eligible young man. He has nothing, but he looks everything. What more can one desire? It pains me very much to speak quite frankly to you, Lady Bracknell, about your nephew, but the fact is that I do not approve of all his moral character. I suspect him of being untruthful. Algernon and Cecily look at him in indignant, indignant amazement. The fuck did you just uh, say? Truthful? <laughs> My nephew? Algernon? Impossible. He is... He's an Oxonian. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to figure out what the fuck that word was. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack, I fear that there can be no possible doubt about the matter. This afternoon, during my temporary absence in London, on an important question of romance, he obtained admission to my house by means of all the false pretense of being my brother. Under an assumed name, he drank, I've just been informed by my butler, an entire pint, pint bottle of my Perrier Bois Brut 89. A wine I was especially reserving for myself. Continuing his disgraceful deception, he succeeded in the course of the afternoon in alienating the affections of my only ward. He subsequently stayed to tea and devoured every single muffin. Yes, muffins! And what makes his conduct all the more heartless is that he was perfectly well aware from the first time that I have no brother, that I never had a brother, and that I did not intend to have a brother, 
Not, a, not even of any kind. I distinctly told him myself yesterday afternoon. I am, Mr. Worthing. After careful consideration, I have declined entirely to overlook my nephew's conduct to you. That is very generous of you, Lady Bracknell. My own decision, however, is unalterable. I decline to give my consent. I might be I'm hammering on the Midwest a little thick here, but... <laughs> Remember, everybody, no means no. Uh, yes. Yes, no means no. Lady Bracknell to Cecily. Uh, come here, sweet child. Cecily goes over. How old are you, dear? Well, I'm only... I'm really only 18, but I... But I always admit to 20 when I'm going to evening parties. So she is 18, I guess. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> that doesn't make us any less weird. That's still pretty fucked up. Yeah. <coughs> uh, uh, you are perfectly right in making some slight alteration. Indeed, no one should ever be quite accurate about her age. It, it looks so calculating in a med- meditative manner. 18, but admitting to 20 at evening parties? Well, it will not be very long before you're of age and free from the restraint of tutelage. So I don't think your garden's consent is, after all, a matter of any, of any importance. <laughs> Bray, excuse me, Lady Bracknell, for interrupting you again, but it is only fair to tell you that according to the terms of, of her grandfather, Miss Cardew, does not... Uh, Grandfather's will, will Miss Cardew. Miss Cardew does not come legally of age till she is 20, 35. 35? You'd be dead by then. <laughs> Good God. Jesus Christ, people were dying from being 35. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that does not seem to me to be a grave objection. 35 is a very attractive age. London society, useful women of the highest birth, who have, of their own free choice, remained 35 for years. Lady Dumbleton. <laughs> Lady Dumbleton. She's somewhere around And in point, to my own knowledge, she has been 35 ever since she arrived at the age of 40, which was many years ago now. I see no reason why our dear Cecily should not be even still more attractive at the age you mentioned that she is present. There will be a large accumulation of property. Algie, could you wait for me till I was 35? No, of course I could, but I really don't want to. Cecily, you know I could. Yes, I feel instinctively, but I couldn't wait all that time. I hate waiting even five minutes for anybody. <laughs> it makes me rather cross. Of course it does, you stuck I'm up. I'm not punctual myself, I know, but I do like punctuality in others. And waiting, even to be married... He's quite out of the question. <laughs> then what is to be done, Cecily? I don't know, Mr. Moncrief. Oh, Jesus. Now we have to figure out a plan. <laughs> uh, my dear Mr. Worthing, a Miss Cardiff states passively, positively that she cannot wait till she is 35. A remark which I am bound to say seems to me to show a somewhat important nature. Impatient. Impatient nature. Thank you. <laughs> I would beg of Social? you to Where? reconsider your, your decision. But my dear Lady Bracknell, the matter is entirely is entirely in your hand, own hands. The moment you consent to my marriage with Gwendolyn, I will most gladly allow your nephew to firm alliance with my ward. Lady Bracknell, rising and drawing herself up. Uh, you must be quite aware that what you propose is out of the question. I love that she basically started taking a stance like throw down. Square up, you thought. Jack, then a passionate celibacy is all that any of us can look forward to. <laughs> Uh, that is not the destiny I proposed for Gwendolyn. Argonaut, of course, can choose for himself. Pulls out her watch. Come, dear. Gwendolyn rises. We have already missed five. If not six trains. To miss any eight, any, to miss more, to miss, to miss any more, might expose 
us to two comments on the platform. I was going to say, for anybody who's listening in England, you miss six trains. Where the fuck do those trains go? Your trains don't run on time at all. None of them do. They always say that. Anyway. Enter Dr. Chasuble. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everything is quite ready for a christening now. Well, the christening, sir? Is that not somewhat premature? Oh. What? Jack Chas looking rather puzzled and bouncing and uh and pointing to Jack and Algernon. Mm-hmm. Both these here gentlemen have expressed a desire for an immediate baptism. <laughs> that was a bad accent, but alright. Uh, uh their age? That is quite grotesque. And irregular irreligious. Algernon? <laughs> alright, mom, calm I down. I forbid you to be baptized. I will not hear such excuses. Lady Bracknell would be highly Lord, sorry, Lord Bracknell. <laughs> I would be highly, Lord Bracknell would be highly displeased if he learned that he was in the way in which he w- wasted your time and money. God, she's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> Am I to understand, there, then, that there are no christenings for this afternoon? For I missed my steamboat trip. <laughs> I do not think that, as things are now, it would be much. Practical value to either of us, Dr. Chasuble. I'm grieved to hear such sentiments from you, Mr. Worthen, the sayer of the heretical views of the Anabaptist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> After views that I have completely refuted in four of my unpublished sermons. <laughs> if they're unpublished, is that not a little bit of a red flag I, there? That, that's the point, I think. I yeah. know. That's the whole issue here for people who are like, I don't get it. However, as you present, and your present mood seems to be one peculiarly secular. <laughs> that sound. <laughs> I will return to the church at once. Indeed, there I have just been informed of the pew opener that for the last hour and a half, Miss Prism has been waiting for me in the vestry. Lady Bracknell, stop staring. Uh, Miss Prism? Did I hear you mention Miss Prism? Yes, Lady Bracknell. <laughs> I'm the only way I'm on my way to join her right now, y'all. Uh, pray allow me to detain you for a moment. This matter may prove to be one of vital importance to Lord Bracknell and myself. Is this Miss Prism a female of repellent aspect, remotely connected with education? She's the most cultivated of lady folk. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is this is the character and the very picture of respectability. <laughs> uh, it's obviously the same person. May I ask what position she holds in your household? I'm a celibate, madam. Miss Prism, Lady Bracknell, has been of the last three years. Miss Carter's esteemed... Co- oh, sorry. Yes. This is Jack. <coughs> Miss Prism, Lady Bracknell, has been of the last three years. Miss Carter's esteemed governess and valued companion. Uh, in spite of what I hear of her, I must see her at once. Let her be sent for. She approaches. She is now now. Enter Miss Prism. I hear the marching of the Yankees. (laughs) 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 Okay, you're not done yet. Uh, Oh, no, that's me. Fuck. That's you, my my friend. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I was told you would expect me. No, 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 no. You chose chose a different voice for this. What do we do? Fuck. You were doing uh, the really uh, fun high voice professor, professor that we usually make fun of. Oh, yeah. I forgot that didn't change no much. Well, not make fun of. We, we you know, we, we celebrate his voice. We celebrate. Like, I celebrate, you know, where? Okay. <laughs> I was told you expected me in the vestry, dear Gannon. I've been waiting for you there for an hour and three quarters. Where the fuck have you been? Catch the side of the 
with your brachna, who was fixed with a, st- with a stony glare. His prism grows pale and quails. She looks anxiously around, uh, around as if desirous, des- desirous to escape. There I, you go. I just don't see the word desirous a lot. <coughs> Maybe you need to get woke then. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Lady Brackton in a severe judicial voice. <clears throat> prism! This prism bows prism? her head in shame. Come here, prism! This prism approaches in a humble manner. Prism! Where's that baby? <laughs> what? <laughs> General consternation. The cane starts back in horror. Oh, sorry. The cane starts back in horror. Algernon and Jack pretend to be anxious to shield Cecily and Gwendolyn from hearing the details of a terrible public scandal. 38 years ago, uh, prison, you left Lord Bracknell's house, number 104, Upper Governor Street, in charge of a pre tater Preambulator. Pre- what the fuck does that mean? Preambulator. In charge of a preambulator. Contained a baby. Which must be some... I don't fuck. It must be some like a carriage or something. I don't something know. Something like that. In charge of a preambulator that contained a baby of the male sex. Oh, I know where this is going. Oh, uh, you never returned. Oh, a few weeks later, though the elaborate investigations of the Metropolitan Police, the preambulator was discovered at midnight. Standing by itself in a remote corner of Bayswater. Not Bayswater. <laughs> it contained okay. a manuscript of a three-volume novel of more than usually revolting sentimentality. Miss Prism starts in involuntary indignation. <clears throat> but the baby was not there. Everyone looks at Miss Prism. Prism? Where is that baby? Where is that baby, Prism? A pause. Lady Bracknell, <laughs> I admit with shame that I do not know. <laughs> I only wish that I did. The plain facts of the case are these. On the morning of the day you mentioned, a day that is forever branded on my memory, I prepared for, as usual, to take the baby out of its preambulator. <laughs> Fuck. Preambulator. That's hard to do with that accent, isn't it? <laughs> I had also with me a somewhat old but capacious handbag in which I intended to place the manuscript for a work of fiction that I had written during my few unoccupied hours. In a moment of mental abstraction, for which I can never forgive myself, I deposited the manuscript in the bassinet, the baby in the handbag. Jack, who has been listening attentively. But where did you deposit the handbag? Don't ask me that question, Mr. Worthing. I do not know. Miss Prism, this is a matter of no small importance to me. I insist on knowing where you deposited... I'm oh, sorry, Miss Prism. Miss Prism, this is a matter of no small importance to me. I insist on, on knowing where you deposited the handbag that continued that continued yet contained that infant. <laughs> Hop on the magic school. <laughs> I keep thinking of Miss Frizzle. <laughs> I left it in the cloakroom of one of the larger railway stations in London. What railway station? Miss Victoria, the red line sinks into a chair. I must retire to a room for to my room for a moment. Gwendolyn, wait here for me. If you're not too long, I will wait here for you all my life. Oh, Jesus, calm down. Exit Jack in great excitement. <laughs> what do you think this means now, Lady Bracknell? Uh, I do not even suspect, Mr. Dr. Chaswell. I need mm. hardly tell you that in families of high position, strange coincidences are not supposed to occur. They are hardly, consi- they are hardly considered the thing. Noises heard overheard as... Noises heard overhead as... If someone was 
repente, <laughs> trunks of Looks like the fucking trash can. Uncle Jack seems strangely agitated. Your guardian has a very emotional net here. This is uh noise is extremely unpleasant. It sounds as if he was having an, an argument. I just like arguments of any kind. They are always vulgar and often convincing. What? <laughs> Chaz will heat up. Well, it all stopping now. <laughs> the noise is uh, redoubled. <laughs> Ow! Right <laughs> now. I wish you would arrive at some conclusion. The suspense is... Jesus Christ. The suspense is terrible. I hope it will last. <laughs> what? Enter Jack with a handbag of black leather in his hand. Jack rushing over to Miss Prison. <clears throat> is this the handbag, Miss Prison? Examine it carefully before you speak. The happiness of more than one life depends on your answer. Miss Prison? Calmly. Okay. It seems to be mad. Yes. Here is the injury it received... Through the upsetting of a Gower Street omnibus in younger and happier days. <laughs> Here is the strain on the lighting caused by the explosion of a temperance beverage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she knows what's up. Moonshine. An incident that occurred at Leamington. And here on the lot are my initials. I had forgotten that in an extravagant mood, I had placed them there. The bank is undoubtedly mad. I'm delighted to have it sort of fittingly returned to me. It has been a great inconvenience being without it all these years. Jack, in a pathetic voice. Miss Prism, more is restored to you than this handbag. I was the baby you placed in it. Miss Prism amazed. Who are you? <laughs> Jack embracing her. Yes, mother. Miss Prism. Uh, rec recoiling in indignant astonishment. Mr. Rosick, I am unmarried! <laughs> <laughs> unmarried? I do not deny this is a serious blow, but after all, who has the right to cast a stone against one who has who suffered? Cannot repentance wipe out an act of folly? <clears throat> Why should there be one law for men and another for women? Mother, I forgive you. Tries to embrace her again. Mr. <laughs> Worthy, there is an error! <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> There's a lady who can tell you who you really are. Jack, after a pause. Lady Bracknell? I hate to seem inquisitive, but would you kindly inform me who I am? I'm afraid that the news I have to give you, you will not altogether please you. You're the son of my poor sister, Mrs. Moncrief. And consequently, Algernon's elder brother. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Algie's my brother? Elder <laughs> brother? <laughs> then I have a brother after all. I knew I had a brother. I always had a brother. Cecily? How could you ever have doubted me that I had a brother? Seizes hold of Algernon. Dr. Chasuble, my unfortunate brother. Miss Prism, my unfortunate brother. Gwendolyn, my unfortunate brother. Algy, you young scoundrel, you will have to treat me with more respect in the future. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you have never behaved to me like a brother in all your life. Well, not until today, old boy, I admit. I did my best, however... Though I was out of practice. Shakes hands. Gwendolyn to Jack. No. Oh, my own. Sorry, fuck. I, I, my own. But what own are you? What is your Christian name now that you have become someone else? Okay, so if we just take a stop from it, that means Gwendolyn's also his cousin. Oh! 
No, no, no. That's you know, that we knew that before because we were yeah, talking but, about the, the general. But Jack concept. was not Gwendolyn's cousin at the, at the time up until. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Good heavens! I had quite forgotten that point. Your decision on the subject of my name is irrevocable, I suppose. I I never change except in my affections. What a noble nature you have, Gwendolyn. Exactly. Shut up. <laughs> that the question had better be cleared up at once. Aunt Augusta, a moment. At the at the time when Miss Prison left me in the small handbag, had I been christened already? <clears throat> Every luxury that money could buy, including christening, had been lavished upon you by your fond and doting parents. Then I was christened. That is settled. Now what name was I given? Let me know the worst. Oh, golly, jeepers. Uh, being the eldest son, you were naturally christened after your father. Jack, irritably. Yes, but what was my father's Christian name? I cannot say at the present recall what the general's Christian name was, but I have no doubt he had one. He was eccentric, I admit, but <clears throat> only in later years. And that was a result of the Indian climate, a marriage, and indignation. Indigestion. Indigestion, and other things of that kind. Algie, can you recollect what your father's Christian name was? Oh, my dear boy. We were never even on speaking terms. He died before I was a year old. His name would appear in the army list of the period, I, I suppose, Antigesta. <laughs> uh, the general was essentially a man of peace, except in his domestic life. But I have no doubt his name would appear in any military directory. <laughs> I love it. On to the archives! <laughs> Pretty much. The army, list of the, f- <laughs> the army list of the last 40 years are here. These, their delay for records should have been my constant study. Uh, rushes the bookcase and tears the books out. M. Generals, Malum, Maxim... Magley, what ghastly names they have. Markby, Mixby, Monks, Moncrief, Lieutenant, 1840, Captain, Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel General, 1869, Christian names, Ernest, John. Puts the book very quietly down and speaks quite calmly. I always told you, Gwendolyn, my name was Ernest, didn't I? Well, it is Ernest after all. I mean, it naturally is Ernest. Smooth. Oh, uh, yes, I remember now that the general was called Ernest. I knew he had some particular reason for disliking the name. Ernest. My own Ernest. You're so stupid, but so sweet. I felt from the first that you could have no other name. Gwendolyn, it is a terrible thing for a man to find out suddenly that all his life he has been speaking nothing but the truth. Can you forgive me? I can, for I feel that you are sure to change. My own one. What the fuck does that mean? Latina! <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's Miss Prison's name. Oh. Uh. Frederick! At last! What? Yeah, and then? I'm, I'm, I'm okay, they're having a family on. moment here, but none of them are related except for the other ones. Uh, well. Cecily, at last. Gwendolyn, at last. If you don't fucking stop. Uh, my nephew, you seem to be displaying signs of trivility. Oh, I shove it up your ass. <laughs> On the contrary, Aunt Augusta, I've now realized for the first time in my life the vital importance of being earnest. Curtain! Boom! That's a, that is a wrap. Uh, so again, that's, uh, that was the importance of being earnest. Um, hopefully you learned something from whatever the fuck we just did for like <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> 
Um, Something that rich people are really, really boring. <laughs> They've got no real problem. Uh, well, there's going to be some extra uh, materials I'll throw up on the website, um, specifically about Victorian England of and about Oscar Wilde. And uh, we'll of course you, you will. I'll get you some links to maybe a theatrical performance of this, so you can see the visual side of it. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, feel free again to contact us if you've got questions uh, at hackhistory at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Hat History. Check us out on Instagram at Hat underscore History. And of course, uh, yeah, you can um, contact us in those places. Or on, uh, and you can find us basically on the major podcast things. And uh, please give us ratings. Ratings definitely help our podcast a lot. It helps us in the rankings, so we definitely appreciate it. Anything to say about before we go out, Jake? Oh, God, what a slog. Anyway, um, it was a hot something. All right, with that, <laughs> we're going to end it. Uh, yeah, stay well out there, everybody. All right. Is your home troubled by strange noises? Do objects move about your domicile seemingly of their own volition? Do unseen talking rodentia leave unsightly teeth marks in your butter? Do large hairy anthropoids stalk your yard? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then don't wait another day. Listen to the Least Haunted Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Least Haunted Podcast, a place where skepticism, science, anthropology, and humor meet to discuss all things haunting, spooky, supernatural, and sometimes just the plain stupid. Join me, your host, Cody Franks, and your co-host, Garth Von Annen, that's me, as we journey all around the realms of the paranormal sciences to look with a critical and skeptical eye at various and sundry topics such as... Witches! Talking mongooses! The Yeti! Superstitions surrounding the Black Death. The Great Clowning of 2016. And a psychic Cold War for the very soul of England. And that's just in the first several episodes. So join us every other week for a fun and hopefully entertaining informative dive into all manner of spooky and strange occurrences, people, places, and things. The Least Haunted Podcast. Because the only thing that's haunted is you. Haunted is a relative term. Scientific knowledge does not acknowledge the existence of ghosts, haunts, spooks, specters, and general phantasma. The producers of Least Haunted are not responsible for any crisis of faith, a demonic possession, spontaneous development of soupliferous nipples, or unintelligible writing that bleeds through the plaster of your walls that might develop as a result of listening to this podcast. Offer void in parallel dimensions, alternate realities, and timelines in which you are your own mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, child, niece, nephew, and or any combination of paradoxical, unbranching genealogies thereof. First go. Nice. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Thank you.